This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. It's me, Roz Rasfales. I am in a good mood today because it is listener episode extravaganza, February edition. I'm going to be talking to four different listeners like I do every month. And if you'd like to be a listener uh, on the show and you want to talk to me, and we'll record it, and we'll post it for the world to hear, send me an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, and uh, put in the subject line, listener episode, to be considered. Also, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you about the live show that we have happening in Los Angeles on March 7th. It is a Saturday, and it is at the world-famous Cavern Club Celebrity Theater. You've heard the live episodes. They're a great time, and I'd love to see you there, and we can talk and take pictures and laugh and laugh and laugh. And Elena, Elena Servideo Schwinn will be there. She's 
our, you know, our beloved psychic medium friend and um, Dave Holmes as well. So, you know, it's going to be a good show. I hope to see you there. You can get your tickets in my Insta bio or uh, you can just go to the Cavern Club theater.com website and you can buy them there. All right. On with the show. I've been ghosted, too. Aloha. Oh, aloha. Hello. Is this Eddie? This is Eddie. Hi, Eddie. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. You're in Hawaii, right? Yes. Yep. I'm on the big island. Cool. You sent me one of my favorite stories ever. Uh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And I love that story. <laughs> well, okay. So for people that might not know, you sent this story a while ago about your grandfather. Wait, can you tell it? Yeah, sure. Totally. So I had a couple friends over, my friend Stacy and my other friend Stacy. And we just like to hang out and do fun, you know, witchy stuff or whatever. And so we decided to do a seance, and we set it all up and did a circle and all this stuff, and we, whatever, said what you're supposed to say to call on the spirits, and we were just kind of waiting, and all of a sudden, the phone rang, and so you're supposed to, like, open the circle and close it, so that's what I did, and I go to answer the phone, because I was at my house, and nobody was on the phone, and then I um, went back to my room where my friends were, and I opened the circle and closed it, and they were like, did you hear that when you were in the living room? And I said, no, what? And they said they heard, like, a bird call or something, but it was really loud, like it was inside the room, and I didn't hear it. And so after that, we didn't, nothing happened, so we were just kind of called it a loss and did whatever. And then, I don't know if it was that night, but it was really soon after that, all of a sudden, um man was just at the foot of my bed in a brown suit looking at me and I didn't feel nervous or scared or anything I just felt like it was a family or I felt I at that time I felt like it was me or that it was like an older brother kind of thing because it didn't look like my grandfather it looked like a you know younger man but I'm also named after my grandfather so to me that later on made sense but he would appear to me for a couple of times, a couple nights in a row. And my sister saw him too. And she said, you know, there's a man in your room. And I said, I know, but I think he's good. He doesn't bother me. And I feel comfortable with him there. And my sister said, yeah, I think he's good too. And then later that night, I could just start to tell that he wanted to get in the bed with me. Say what? And I, I know, <laughs> but it didn't make me feel weird, and I just was like, okay, well, if you want to get into bed with me, you can. Like, it was like a comforting thing. Wait, wait, and but what do you into... mean? Like, he was, like, looking at you like, eh? I could just tell. I don't know. He was just, <laughs> no, not, not like that. He was just looking at me, and I could just tell he wanted to get in the bed. And so I said, if you want to come in the bed, you can, and he did, and after that, he just kind of went away. I didn't really see him. But when I was growing up, my grandparents slept in separate rooms. And so when we would stay at my grandparents' house, I used to sleep with my grandpa in his room and my sister would sleep with my grandma. And so it just kind of like, it took me a while to realize it was my grandpa, but it made sense later on. And 
then the brown suit that he was wearing, I inherited it. It's a brown tuxedo, actually. He gave, left me a brown and a black tuxedo. And it was just tripped me out. Like, it took me a while to realize it was him, but it was such a trip being like, oh, my God, that was him wearing this suit that I have. And, yes, yeah, it was which really has pretty crazy. opened up so <laughs> many conversations in my life, in, in my life since you uh, sent me that story because it, I really – it's baffled my mind. How can there be a suit physically in this earth, but then also like the ghost of that suit? That's a good question. I would like to know that too. <laughs> also, it makes me so happy anytime I hear these stories about people that can go, they can be in the afterlife at their youngest, you know, at their prime, or oh, you know, they I know. can choose. I love that too. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and what was kind of crazy is at that same time when my sister and I were talking about the man, she said, you know, I think he's good. And I said, yeah. And she said, and I said, you know, there's like a little girl in your room. And my sister said, yeah, she's like evil or bad or something. <gasps> and it was, and that's the vibe that I got from it too. And it was just kind of weird because. For me, I can, like, picture what they look like in my head. Like, I just get a picture of what they look like. But she was saying she could, like, see them. Like, it was a person really standing there. And she could see the little girl, which kind of was creepy because I was in her room one time and looking at this old mirror that she had. And I've heard, too, that sometimes, especially with really old antique mirrors, especially if it was like the only mirror that person owned. Sometimes their spirit like could travel with it or their energy or I don't know. So I don't know if that was the case with this, but there was this big mirror and I was looking into it and all of a sudden I looked under my sister's bed and there was nothing there, but I felt like there was like a tiger crouching ready to pounce on me. <gasps> and I ran out of my sister's room. It was like such a terrifying feeling. It just made she just made you feel that way. And it was such a terrifying, scary feeling. And she was, um, I don't know. She looked like she was from the fifties. Me and my sister were both describing her and she had like blonde ringlets, like thick curls. And she had like a little white dress and those Mary Jane shoes that are, um, you know, white with the black. And she just looked like a little fifties girl, but she just had a really bad vibe about her. And we never really found out anything about her, but we ended up moving out of that place. But you believe that your grandfather looking young in his tuxedo and the tiger girl both came from (laughs) this, the incidents with the Stacys and the Ouija boards. So yeah, even though, I mean, we tried to do everything right and we had our little salt circle and all that stuff. I think that, is what kind of like opened up for it, which I'm really grateful that my grandfather could, you know, say we were really close and he would all, and growing up a lot of times we would just stay at our grandparents' house because my mom was working a lot and um, my dad wasn't really around. And so it was just like, they were kind of like our parents, my grandparents. And so my grandpa would always walk us to the beach and stuff. So I'm really grateful that he, that I got to see him again, but it was really kind of creepy and weird that, that little girl happened to come around at that time too. Yeah. Oh, I love the grandpa story. Yeah. <laughs> what about the haunted Furby story? 
felt bad. Oh my gosh, so bad. Was I mean, I was probably only like ten or eleven, and it was when Furbies were just came out, and I'm the oldest, so I have a younger sister, two years younger, and a younger brother who's two years younger than her. And we got this Furby, and it was just kind of like we were all sharing it. And we would play with it and try to teach, you know, you could teach it how to talk over time and whatever. But we had a Ouija. So at that time when I, I don't know, maybe my sister got the Furby, but, and I think I got a Ouija board for Christmas because I asked for it. And it was a glow-in-the-dark Ouija board. Oh, so I was yeah. feeling that because we were playing with the Ouija board is what happened with the Furby. But after a while, we stopped playing with it because I realized that everybody that was talking to us through the Ouija board, like, died a really horrible, scary, crazy way. I just only remember talking to this kid who said he was, like, four or five, and he said he said his name was Stu. And we would, all the kids would come over in our, we lived in this apartment, and all the kids in the apartment complex would come over and do the Ouija board with us. And we so it was this kid, Stu, and he was four, and he was he was killed, he said. And it was just, like, really sad talking about it. So we stopped kind of playing with it. But one day, we woke up in the middle of the night, and um, I was watching my brother and sister, and my mom was working a late shift. And all of a sudden, the Furby's in the closet, and we just hear the Furby talking. Mm. And I it was saying, like, hello, or whatever, but it wouldn't shut up. <laughs> it was we thought it was off, so we went to go get it, and we opened the closet, and it's talking and talking and talking, and we're like, okay, this is too weird. So we turn it off, and it didn't stop talking. And so we took, I had to unscrew the bottom and take the batteries out of it. And when we took the batteries out of it, it just started making this super loud, static, like, kind of sound. And it was so loud and it was so creepy and we dropped it and it did that for like several minutes with no batteries in it or anything. And so after that, I don't think we ever played with that Furby again because it was oh, pretty creepy. Oh, God. Furbies are just <laughs> creepy in general. Do They, they still make creepy, those, right? I've heard like other haunted stories of them. It's creepy. Do they still make Furbies? I don't think so. I, I hope not. Those were sort of the original Alexa. <laughs> in yeah, a way you would just totally. hear a voice talking i used to have a love-hate relationship with my furby <laughs> well i love They're that so you were um a little kid that played with the glow-in-the-dark ouija board because obviously i was too the one that you could just buy at yeah. toys r us <laughs> yeah that's what it was it was like some toy store and i think for christmas we all got to pick out our own toy and that's what i picked out and Actually, since I started listening to your show and um, I was messaging my mom. And so some of the things that I like since I moved to Hawaii, I just moved here, you know, with like a small suitcase or whatever. And my mom still had some of my stuff on the mainland. But she um, I asked her if she still had the Ouija board because I wanted it. And she said, no, that was the first thing that I got rid of when you moved out of the house. I didn't want that thing in here. So, unfortunately, the Ouija board is gone. You know what? It's probably for the best. It probably is, yeah. After hearing your Ouija board story, I think I'm okay. Wait, so So who is Charlie, your dad's ghost friend? Yeah, when we were... I don't know. It was like probably when I was like seven or eight, my parents had got a divorce, and my dad 
moved to this big old Victorian house that he was fixing up and it was like five bedrooms and I actually have more of that story that I because I just talked to my dad about it too but um and I had to make sure that it was real and he wasn't like just telling you know anyways so all of a sudden we're just in the living room whatever watching tv and then my dad um or we just hear this like loud crash upstairs like a wall got knocked over or like a bunch of lumber got knocked over or something weird, which my dad was doing construction. So that's what we thought it was. And he's like, okay, you guys stay down here. Cause he had just got to this house and um, he went, goes upstairs and he's gone for like five or 10 minutes. And then he comes back downstairs and he just is very calm. And he's like, okay, guys, I just want to let you know that there is um, a man named here named Charlie, but he's nice and you don't need to worry about it. And he is a spirit, um, but he just um, wanted you to know that he's here. And I was, and we were just like, well, okay. What? Like he was so calm and whatever about it that we didn't think about it. Um, but one, <laughs> so I actually like physically met Charlie one night and I had to ask my dad what he looked like to make sure. Cause anyway, cause my dad would have, my dad was always having fun and partying and he always had a lot of friends over. But one day I woke up and I go downstairs and the wizard of Oz is on TV and it was in that uh, pink Victorian house. And there's this man sitting on the couch and he was totally like 80s style, like kind of like boy George looking with like black pants and like a ruffly black top and a dangly earring, which are now coming back in style. Right. And, Hot. Okay. Yeah. And so I, he was watching the end of the Wizard of Oz and I just, I mean, I was young, like seven and I just walked in and I was like, Oh, hi. And, he just looked at me and he, it was part of the Wizard of Oz where Dorothy's saying goodbye to everyone and saying, oh, I'll miss you most of all. And he's like, oh, I always cry at this part. <gasps> and he just started crying. And I just remember, I, you know, I was a kid and I just remember laughing instead of like trying to comfort him or whatever. But I was just like, oh, he really does cry every time. And I just remember, um, you know, watching them rest of the movie and it was the end anyways and then I went back to bed and so I talked to my dad about it and I was like so was Charlie was this real did this really happen or was that one of your friends and he was like yeah that was Charlie and I said you know what did Charlie look like because I think I actually ran into him one night but it was so weird because he was like a real person it wasn't uh -huh. like a spirit or anything he looked like he was stuck in time in his outfit or whatever which no, you know, was your, your grandfather the same? That. Like your grandfather looked just like a human, like every day. When I was, it was more kind of like I could see his, I could see him, but I could more see him in like my mind. Like mm. I couldn't, I could physically, I my sister could physically see him, like he was just right there. I could see like his outline. I could see what he was wearing, but in my head, I could really kind of more picture what he looked like. Yeah, so that was pretty interesting because it took me, actually, I just realized it the other day that I was like, oh my God, I think that was Charlie when I was writing you this stuff. So pretty Watching crazy. The Wizard of Oz. I know that watching kind of fella of with a dangly mm -hmm. earring watching The Wizard of Oz crying.
Mm-hmm. Charlie. Dorothy. We know him. We know Charlie. <laughs> he was probably like, I see you, little boy. You're going to be okay. Oh, <laughs> Charlie. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hi, is this Liz from Chicago? (laughs) Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm great, how are you? So good. Are you ready to be on a podcast? Yes, it's crazy. <laughs> well, I want to hear your ghost story about your grandma's house. Yeah, um, well, there's a bunch. I oh. can just start from being really young. Okay, yeah, um, let's do the whole thing. Yeah, okay. So um, my grandma lives a few blocks away from me, so when my mom was still working, we were pretty much raised by her through there every day. And my brother and I used to play in the basement and we'd be playing like, I don't know, Barbies or something, and he'd go upstairs, and I would just feel horrible down there, just terrible energy. I would run up after him, like, please don't leave me, like, like not good. And obviously, as children, nobody ever said anything to us, like, oh, is there spirits here or anything, but... It only felt that way when he wasn't there? um, Yeah, nobody nobody said anything, but obviously people knew. Um. And we grew older, and um, I remember sitting at the kitchen table doing my homework sometime in elementary school, and uh, my grandma had left to go get groceries, and I was alone, and I heard Elizabeth (laughs) from the upstairs of her house, and I said, yeah, Grandma, and I got no response. I just didn't think anything of it. I don't know. I was a child. Was it her voice? it was her voice, exactly, to a T. It was my grandma, and I responded like something had happened. And um, 10 minutes later, she walked in the door, and I was like, hold on. <laughs> oh. Like that. <laughs> so, um, actually, a few years later, we were all sitting, my whole family, my aunt, my mom, my dad, everybody was sitting at the dining room table for Christmas, and I had brought that story up 
and my aunt just turned white. She was like, that exact thing has happened to me, but in my grandfather's voice. In your grandfather's house? No, my grandfather's voice, calling her name. Oh, in his voice. What? Yes. Yeah, so whatever it is upstairs can mimic my grandparents' voices. <sighs> Maybe it's like an impressionist, like Jimmy, <laughs> Fa- a Jimmy Fallon ghost. <laughs> really trying to upstart a career (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah and then um a few years later my grandparents had left to go to ireland uh, where my grandfather was from and my brother and i were house sitting and he had gotten permission to have a house party and he he was really popular in high school so he had like a bunch of people over maybe 30 people in the basement of my grandma's house and uh, my brother's ex-girlfriend had been looking for her friend. Couldn't find her for hours. And finally found her in the pitch black in the laundry room talking to the dryer. What? <laughs> yes. Well, a little backstory about that dryer is that my, my grandma's dog absolutely hated the dryer. Like, would, if you opened up the door to the basement, he would run downstairs and attack it, like scratch it, bite the dryer to the point where we had to get a new one because the door had like fallen off of it. He hated it. Wow. So, yeah. Um, so she had asked her friends, like, what are you, uh, like, what are you doing in here? And she said, um, there's a little boy in here and he's really sad and he wants you to wash the blanket. And I was like, what? <laughs> What do you mean, wash the blankets? But what nobody had known at that time is that the night before, my my brother's friend had gotten really drunk and had thought that the trunk of my grandma's handmade blankets was the washroom and had peed all over them. Oh, no. So, yeah. So that little ghost boy in the basement had told her, to wash the blankets because he was apparently very upset about that. Was this the first time that the little ghost boy made an appearance? Um, talking to somebody that I know of, yes. I, I know that my cousins have seen things in the basement when they visited, but I've never seen the little ghost boy. I've always kind of felt that there was a little boy downstairs, which is what the energy was down there, but I had never seen him before. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. It's um yeah, so everybody left the party after that because nobody felt right down there anymore. And So know, so actually at then. the party everyone like you guys were like, just so you know, there is no little boy, that's a ghost and then everyone freaked out <laughs> and left. Yeah, well she was like entranced. It was strange. She was just standing in the dark, staring at the dryer and talking to it. And just didn't think anything was strange about that. She was just talking to somebody. Oh, was she doing drugs? No. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> so what's the story with the house now? So when my grandma and my grandpa were in Ireland, my mom had actually gotten the house staged. Um but I don't think it helps much. I don't really go there that often anymore because it really just makes me very uncomfortable. Um, my grandma lives there alone, and 
she's just she's like, oh yeah, little things happen here and there, and just doesn't say anything other than that. But so, but she doesn't know who the little boy like, is. No, uh, she she had told me a story when I was younger about um, a little boy that had lived there named Justin, and when. So a few a few years after she had moved in there, she had found his name just carved into her brand new window screen. Hmm. And that's the only story she'll tell me, which is very creepy. Okay. So what's going on in the upstairs of this house? So um, when my mom was a teenager, she said that there used to be something that would open the door of her room and walk in at night and she could hear it creaking the floor and it would come up to her and just start saying horrible things to her like in her ear like you're gonna die everyone's gonna die i'm gonna kill you and even to this day she'll sleep with the pillow and a blanket over her face because of just force of habit of trying to not hear what it was saying to her and after she moved out my aunt had moved into her room and the same thing was happening to her point where one time she was laying in her bed and the bed had actually started to come off of the ground (gasps) and start shaking oh my god i know what would you do if that happened i don't even know i just try to think of these stories and like my like my aunt she's just like an office worker like corporate lady she's you know and we're just sitting around she's like yeah like, but that's her levitating under me. Like, what? You were telling me that you then moved to a 150-year-old Chicago landmark. What happened there? Yes. So when I was 12 years old, my family moved to an 150-year-old Chicago landmark. And it's a beautiful house. But um, when I was younger, I was laying in my bed one night. And I have the habit of looking at my phone and seeing what time it is. So... I look, I mark the time, and then I turn over. And not moments later, I heard in my ear, super loud. And I didn't think much of it because I just, <laughs> I dismissed things very easily. But then a few seconds later, hey, wake up. <laughs> so I, I sprung up, I turned around and I grabbed my phone at only five minutes past. So I knew I wasn't asleep. I turned on all the lights in my house and went downstairs turned on the TV, everything, and did not sleep in my room for a good month after that. It was terrifying. What kind of, what kind of voice? Like, then, do you think that was a little ghost kid? Or it what? Was a, I, I'm not sure. It was, it was a whisper, but it was kind of an aggressive whisper. Like, just exactly how I did it. It burned into my brain. <sighs> so what's the history of that house? And so um, it was the first example of like stick architecture in Chicago but it it was built by a preacher so Hmm. built by a Catholic man I'm not sure anything else that's happened in there but I haven't really wanted to look into it honestly I don't really want to know but other than that it's just a fairly normal really old house did other things happen while you guys lived there yeah, so this one I think was slightly more traumatizing because I did freak out. But I was going into our attic, which has very steep stairs going up. And I was going to get a suitcase to go stay at my friend's cottage for a week. 
And I got up to like the third or fourth stair and I heard really loud stomping footsteps come up from behind me. Oh, not behind. Go past me. Yes. This was six in the morning. Nobody else was awake. And I turned around. There was nobody there. And I sprinted down the stairs. I went immediately into my parents' room, bawling my eyes out. Like, please tell me one of you. Just try to mess with me. Please, please, please. My parents are, like, still in bed looking at me. Like, what are you talking about? Please go back to bed. And I was like, oh. I'd make my dad go up there and get the suitcase for me because I could not go back up there. Uh, (laughs) Are your parents still there? My parents, yeah, we all still live there. I actually still live there. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. Well, keep me Mm -hmm. updated if you have some real spooky stuff happening. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) There's a ghost in my house. Hi, is this Patrick? It is. Is this Roz? This is Roz. Hi, Patrick. Where are you? I am very severely landlocked in the middle of Missouri. Wow. You're pretty experienced with ghosts, right? Say it again. You're pretty experienced with ghosts, I hear, right? Pretty pretty much. I'm I'm a giant nerd. I don't think anybody's an expert in it, but it's... I'm a, I call myself a paranerd quite often. So if if they did consider people experts, would that be you? Uh no, not even then because I I fail at a lot of things that I'm interested in, like I try a lot of things, a lot of spirit communication techniques and I get uh you know, I move on from one thing to the next thing. You know, I I read a book about channeling and then try that. And then I move on to this other thing and try that. And I fail at most of them, but I've, I've, you know, I've had some cool experiences. Well, yeah. I mean, nobody knows anything for sure, but (laughs) it seems like you've had some evidence. Well, I do. I get, uh, I uh, get kind of OCD about it. So I get sucked into it. I read a lot of books. I used to read a lot more before you know smartphones became a thing but wait um, what's like the the best book about ghosts because i've been trying to read a ton of books about them do you have any recommendations oh, oh my gosh i have so many recommendations i kind of go to you know most of the books by psychics and mediums which i am a sucker for and the first one the first book that did it for me was a go a book by james van Prague which is Ghosts Among Us. And I don't know that that's necessarily the best one, but it was the first one for me. It it really kind of started off what I've always called my spiritual shift, which um, like several people I've heard on your show that are either running away from some kind of uh, dogma, you know, religious background. It was the first book that was kind of opened my eyes and I was like, oh my gosh, so this is what is going on. And I, I I all of a sudden didn't fear death. And I just, then I it started a fascination for me on, you know, what is life like on the other side? Yeah. What's it like? You know, what what's my house going to look like? Do I get to design it? Do I get to, <laughs> oh, you know, like I just, uh, the questions never end. Okay. Ghosts Among Us. I'll check that out. 
Can you tell me a ghost story? I will tell you my ghost story. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Creep me out. <laughs> okay, so uh, as we've already discussed, I I poke around the paranormal a lot. And especially four or five years ago, I was poking around it a lot. I don't have a lot of experiences. I'm also a fairly skeptical person. I consider myself kind of 50% skeptic, 50%. I want it to be real. And I, I'm looking for it all the time, and I'm obsessed with this idea of spirit communication. Well, four or five years ago, I was heavily involved in several uh, events. So in one week, for example, I had been helping a family with some paranormal experiences in their home, and I was brought in to uh, do some things with that. And so that had lasted a couple of days. What was overnight. happening to them? I'm sorry, say it again. What was happening to them? They had some experience in what there were two teenage daughters in that house. And one of the daughters continued to have uh, what they felt be beings come out of a closet in her bedroom. And they'd also had some experiences down their hallway. And it was one of those weird things. Like it's not a, a, a historic house. Um, it's just kind of a su suburbia, uh, uh, 70s, probably 80s family house, you know, two-story house. So uh, I didn't have a lot of – I didn't feel like I got a lot of experiences there. I had some what I think are EVP there, but I think the experiences they had were not super comfortable to them. Like nothing was really – they just didn't like it. And so – and that was like two nights before what the story that I'm getting ready to tell you. So okay. I was doing that investigation and I was also doing some seance experiments with a medium friend of mine and I was organizing them. She was being the medium, but I was kind of guiding the, the event and putting together some topics and trying to reach out to specific people on the other side. And so I was just involved in a lot. And so I was tired and there was a night where I was sleeping. My parents just happened to be in our home with us because they were visiting. And my husband and I are sleeping. And that day, I think we'd had one of those seance experiences. And it's in the middle of the night. I wake up. Um, I'm on my, okay, this is dorky, but I have to explain it to you. So I'm on the right side of the bed. My husband's on the left. And I'm sleeping on my left side. So, you know, I'm facing my husband and I wake up just like instantly and I would love to tell you it was three o'clock in the morning because I know you love that, but I simply don't remember what time so it, was. it was, but it was like in the middle of the night. We'll say it was. <laughs> sure. Okay. So Consistency. Was in the morning. <laughs> and the first thing that I felt was I was really cold. I was really cold and my heart was racing. And my analytical mind was telling me, okay, I instantly started thinking of reasons why I could feel this way. First of all, it was weird that I just woke up immediately in the middle of the night. And I started thinking, well, like, am I having a heart attack? Like, you know, are men not supposed to sleep on whatever side? Or is my arm falling asleep? Am I, am I getting ready to, you know, <laughs> do I need to call 911? What's going on? But then that kind of shifted to fear. 
a little bit. And I could just tell that even though I had never had an experience like this, I could tell that something was in the room with me. I could, it wasn't a very good feeling. And so I start in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh, imagine the white light. Ah, imagine the angels bring them down, protect me. <laughs> and all of a sudden Roz, OMG, all of a sudden a hand grabs me on my right shoulder. So I'm on my left side Mm -mm. thinking this through with my husband and a hand reaches over the bed and I instinctively, and I know people are going to think I'm cray cray. Oh my gosh. I'm not a cray cray person. I instinctively grab for this hand (gasps) and I grab the hand. I feel the hand Uh -uh. hold. I did talk to the hand. Cold, dead feeling hand. And it retreats as I grab for it. And so I'm so shocked and I immediately get kind of pulled to my back. So I went from my side to my back. Mm -hmm. And of course now I'm freaking out a little bit because, uh, you know, every kid's nightmare in the world that something's under your bed and grabs for you. But I start thinking, Oh, I'm sitting there going, okay, what just happened? Am I awake? Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm pretty sure I'm awake. I'm like pinching myself. And I'm also trying not to wake up my husband because he rolls his eyes at this kind of thing. <laughs> but you're not feeling like you weren't feeling sleep paralysis, right? No. And I've heard you talk about that a lot. And I've discussed that on my show a lot. And I, I'm not sure what I think about that altogether. I I don't know. Like there's this sleep, uh, hypnagogic state of your sleep and hypnopompic state, you know, when you're coming in and out of sleep, could it have been that possibly, but I was pretty damn awake. Did you make contact with the hand? Like, did you actually grab the hand or it pulled away? My left hand reached over to my right shoulder and grabbed the hand as it retreated. I know it was cold and I could feel it retreating. And intuitively, and I'm I'm not saying I'm an intuitive person at all, but intuitively I remember it as like a cold black hand, like a dead hand. Was it wrinkly? And so, what? Was it wrinkly? It was kind of wrinkly. Yeah. And so I'm lying there in my bed, and I, I, I don't get chicken often when it comes to ghosts. I get chicken when it comes to real people, but I didn't get out of bed and I'm still ashamed of myself for that. And what I did was I grabbed my iPhone and I turned it to the recorder, the voice memos, and I pressed record. And, you know, my parents were in the house with me. My husband was sleeping. I was like, I am not about to cause a scene. And so I just hold it up into the air and I'm like, is there anybody here? anybody want to talk with me for like five minutes and the next day I didn't hear anything but oh my gosh I've never ever had anything like that happen and of course I think it's cool because I'm always poking my nose around looking for stuff like this but um it's just weird I've always told people that I've never uh believed in like demons and I'm not sure what I think about uh, real negative. I mean, I think negative people can become negative ghosts, yeah. but it's just bizarre. And did I carry that home with me because of all of this stuff that I was involved in, either the family's house that I was helping with, or was it something from a seance? 
Who were you and contacting so in the very, seance? We at the seance were contacting uh, like uh, mediums and people like experts in spirit communication who have passed on over the years. So oh. um, I'm not sure what you like uh, people, groundbreaking researchers and mediums over the years. I don't even remember uh, some of the names that we had uh, reached out to and nothing really hugely eventful happened there either. So that's the other thing that's weird. It's like, I don't feel like anything really happened at both of these things. See, but that's what I so... think. I think I hear these stories often where people are doing seances, they're doing Ouija boards, and then nothing happens until the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> Later. And I'm telling, I'm telling, I've been at a, a Ouija board for years. Um, I, I did. I'm not one of those people that experimented with it growing up. You know, everybody has that one party, that sleepover where they had the Ouija board, and that that wasn't me. And um, a good friend of mine is a Ouija expert who you should totally talk to, by the way. Okay. Karen A. Dalman, and she's kind of guided me through doing some Ouija board stuff. But for five or six years, I sat at a Ouija board countless times and for hours, and nothing ever happened. Nothing. Hmm. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I fail at these things a lot, but I really badly want things to happen. Yeah. And that night it did. I just didn't plan on it happening in that way. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's sometimes, you know, they're not going to be there on command. Like, you can't always just call someone and they answer. Right. So it's like, you. who knows? I don't know how ghosts work. Maybe they were in the bathroom when you were doing the Ouija board. And then a couple hours later... <laughs> You know, they've washed their hands, and they're like, hey, remember how you wanted to hang out with me? And then <laughs> you're, they put their hand on you. God, I hope they washed their hands. I know. But, you know, I've always said, too, that I never want to assume – I hate when people talk about, like, oh, it was a shadow person. And thanks to paranormal TV, we we hear shadow person, and we think, oh, it's a demon, and we've got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how how do you know that it's not – Aunt, you know, Bertha, and that's the only way she could muster up enough energy to reach out to you. And then, of course, if you flip out and freak out over it and are convinced it's a demon, well, then, of course, she's going to think, oh, never mind. I'm going to freak him out. I'm not going to try to reach out anymore. So I don't know if what this was with me interpreting it wrong. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Or maybe it was a relative. I don't know. You could have been. Or it could have been a shady person, and that's the only way they could manifest being a shadow. Or, or it could have I been was just really processing some weirdo dreams from being a middle school teacher. Oh. I mean, there's some that's some scary stuff there too. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I can only imagine. Hi, is this Christian? This is. Hi, this is Roz Dresfelez. Nice to talk to you, Roz. How are you? I'm living the dream. Ooh, where are you? South Bend, Indiana. Oh, interesting. Have you been to that demon house? Do you know about that demon house from that Zach Baggins documentary? Ooh, no, I don't. I forget where it is. It might be in, like, Gary or something, but there's, like, this super spooky... There's a documentary about it. But we're not here to plug that. I want to hear about your <laughs> ghost story. 
So, yeah, I was uh, listening to your last um, uh, listener episode, and for some reason I was just – I had to send this to you. I have my own podcast – and I haven't even shared it on my own podcast yet because I'm a little bit of an emotional person. So I'm trying to figure out how to do this right. Um, but I was um, wrote to you about my grandmother because I was very much a grandma's boy. Um, spent as much time with her as I could. And uh, when I graduated high school, they moved to Missouri. And it was just a couple years after that um, that she ended up passing away. But when I was a little boy, she used to hold me and rock me and rub my back and my head like grandmas do and um, tell me that I had gypsy in me. And I had no clue what that meant. Um, But that's what she would say to me. And um, as I got a little older and I figured out what uh, the gypsy culture was and all of that, I said to my brother, I was like, you remember when grandma used to say we had gypsy in us? And he was like, she never said anything like that to me. And I was like, that's weird. So um, you know, fast forward several years, um, it's about a year after she passed away, and she was always super into Christmas, um, and so I think that made me super into Christmas. I love overdoing lights on the outside, overdoing things on the inside of the house, and it's kind of my little homage to her, um, but um, I was in my dorm room uh, in college, and my roommate was away at home, and uh, she appeared before me. <gasps> It was, um, I couldn't see her face. I couldn't make out details. Uh, My grandma was a big lady, and um, she wore this colored muumuu. I could see the muumuu. I could see the shape of her. I could see the shape of her face, but I couldn't make out any distinguishing uh, facial features or anything like that. And she asked me to pass on some Christmas gifts for her. um, But wait, uh, hold up. Was Was this like in the middle of the night, or what were you doing? This was midday. I was sitting watching TV. Um, I don't even remember what I was watching at the time, but I was just watching a show in the middle of the day. Um, I wasn't doing anything. I was just hanging out in my dorm room. Um, And that stopped. Like, that was the first thing was my TV, like, shut off. And then she started to appear before me. And um, so being a good student, I had paper and pencil nearby. She told me who she wanted messages for, and she had these – excuse me, very specific things that she wanted said. And so I started writing them down as quickly as I could. Um, And then when she got done giving me her messages, she just kind of faded away. And then Roz, the TV turned on, back on, and the show was exactly where it left off. What? So it was like time stopped. Whoa. Now my wife tells me that I'm full of it, but I swear this truly happened. (laughs) So what um, did... So um, I decided to pass on these messages. And the first thing I do is I call my uncle who moved to Missouri with my grandmother. Um, And now both my grandparents are deceased at this point. And I said, I said, Uncle Blood, I said, this is going to sound really crazy. I got to tell you something. Grandma came to me and he just goes, huh? And I was like, she told me to tell you to relax. And he goes, oh, okay. Like he completely understood what I was saying. Hmm. And that freaked me out. Um, so then I was like, well, the next logical person tells her other child, which is my mom. And I, so I go home one night, uh, one time around Christmas. I said, mom, I said, I called uncle bud. I've got to tell you as well. Uh, grandma came to me and she told me that she wants you to know that she wants you to have a merry Xmas. And she was very, very precise that I couldn't say Christmas. I had to tell you Xmas and my mom lost it, uh, just sobbing and said, 
when I was a little girl, she always wrote Xmas on Christmas cards. She would never write out Christmas. And mm. she said, so that's definitely a sign. I completely believe you. And um, at this point, I was really freaked out. Like I said, I was an emotional person. I think I probably went and cried for a little while. Um, and then I went to my brother and I was like, I'm sorry, man. I lost the list. Grandma had a message for you, but I don't have it. And he goes, that's why she told you you had gypsy in you. And I was like, oh, he's right. So, um, gosh. And so, um, you know, I thought that was just the end of it. Like I passed on these messages. Um, but it was just later that year that um, my girlfriend was uh, playing with a Ouija board at the house she lived at. And I decided I was going to go over there for the evening and hang out with everybody at her house. And so I knew they were doing this. So I quietly snuck in and just kind of stood like there were probably 20 people surrounding the board. There were two or three people on the board holding the pointer and um, the board starts spelling out the moment I get there. Hello, Chris. Now, nobody at this point called me Chris because I became Christian while I was in college. And so everybody's like, who's Chris? What, why? Who's this Chris? Like there's nobody here's name is Chris. But my grandmother used to call me Chris. Mm. So again, a little freaked out. I kind of left. Nobody knew I was there. I just went ahead and left. Um, and then nothing happened then. So that was, uh, gosh, what, maybe 2000, nothing had happened until this last Christmas. Um, I, this time I was definitely sleeping and I had a dream that my grandfather, her husband, my grandpa, John had come to visit me and I was just talking to him, catching him up on what, what they missed. And then he uh, says to me, Hey kid, did you hear grandma's back? And I got to go. And then I woke up immediately sobbing because he was just there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that meant that grandma's back, but that is uh, my grandma portion of my story. I have other ghost stories, but um, I was in a haunted house here in South Bend not long ago, but wait, um, I want to hear those too. But you I'm hear those too? So yeah, I'm happy just Grandma's back though. Just, just briefly, I was recording my own podcast. Uh, um, I do a beer podcast, craft beer podcast. Mm-hmm. We have a local one. So Studebaker Cars were based out of South Bend, and they built a mansion. The family did that owned it called the Tippecanoe Place, and it's still standing. And uh, they put a brewery in it. So we were recording there. And um, they uh, and so they said, would you mind coming in at night? We know it's a little bit freaky around here um, at night, but would you guys mind coming in after hours? I'm like, absolutely, I'll come in after hours. Like, you could give me the keys. I'll go in by myself. But uh, one of the uh, things that happens there is up on the third floor, they call it the ballroom up on the third floor. There's uh, allegedly a ghost that likes to help people. It was a servant at the house. And it'll bring people like um, there's been people who said they've been in a stall and they run out of toilet paper and then all of a sudden paper towels will appear by their feet (gasps) and different things like this. So um, we were getting ready to leave and nothing had happened the entire time we were there. And I was like, hey, I got to use the restroom. Could you point me in the direction? They're like, go up to the third floor. And I'm like, that's the ballroom. That's where one of the ghosts are at. And uh, they go, all the lights are off. So use your cell phone light. Oh, and I'm like, no. So they're sending me, yeah, right? They're sending me into a haunted area 
where there's no lights on. And then they're trying to explain to me where the light switch was at, and that wasn't happening. I wasn't going to be able to find that. So I go up to the top of the stairs, and, Roz, there was one light on. It was the men's room light. I believe the ghost turned on the light to help me find where I was going. Well, that's a nice ghost. Right? Well, at so, least, I mean... That's my belief, though. Yeah, it could be way worse. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, God. But still, I'd be so scared to be in a place I knew was haunted and I'd have to use my flashlight. It was a little weird. Like, I I, I was like, no one's going to walk me up there and flip on a light? Like, they know where they're going. I don't. But um, it doesn't scare me because I don't think... I don't think most ghosts are here to hurt us. Um, I, I, I think a lot don't know that they're still here. Then there's a lot that do want to help people. Like they're just, uh, so it's not my belief that many want to hurt us. There's obviously demons, um, but I think the majority of them are just here and they're not sure what to do with it yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've had some very lovely encounters with ghosts, it sounds like. It's true. It's true. It's true. I am lucky. Yeah, I hope it stays that way because, I mean, I also have never really had any malicious encounters with ghosts, but, ooh, they're out there. Yeah, they are. I did have uh, one that I thought hit me with a door one time at one of my friend, my wife's friend's houses as we walked in they told us the door naturally falls open but somehow i got hit by it as i was walking in and my wife was like sure the ghost was trying to keep you out i was like no that's not what i'm saying i'm just saying maybe it wanted us to know that it was there like they had a confirmed ghost there that you all so their stories like like just you saying that made the all the hairs on my arm stand up um they heard people walking up and down their stairs um, their dog wouldn't go into the hallway that went led up to the bedrooms, uh, kitchen cabinets sign. and stuff opening up and things falling out. And it was, uh, they never had anybody investigate, which I always thought was weird, but. Do they still live there? They don't. Oh. I'm disappointed by that. Well, I want to go back. They I'm... didn't tell us that they thought it was haunted until they moved out. <laughs> After all that stuff happened, pots and pans flying right. out. Dog not wanting to go places. Doors hitting people. Right. And you're going to invite us over for dinner and not tell us that. Yeah, I couldn't live in that chaos. Mm-mm. So. Well, thanks so but, much for talking with me. These are great stories. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, I would love to talk to you in the future. So if you have a ghost story that you'd like to tell on the show, please send me an email at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com, subject line, listener episode. And if you have a ghost story that you don't want to tell on the show, you could leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a five-star review even if you don't have a story. Or you could leave it in our Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresfalez. I'm on Instagram at Roz Dresfalez. You can get your tickets for the live show in the link in my bio on Instagram. Guys, if you want to see me this weekend in Oxnard, you know I'm there every month. I'll be back this weekend celebrating Valentine's Day weekend, and that will be on, what is this weekend? I guess it's the 16th. I'll be there this this Sunday. 
I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Avenue, a podcast. <clears throat> a podcast network.